So today is our third class of our Foundations of Godly Parenting. Again, we have a parenting packet called Foundations of Godly Parenting. And uh, some of the things that we have talked about came from the parenting packet and some things were not in the parenting packet. And let me say this, I am so excited about what we're doing that we can have focused time that we can focus in on us as parents and trying to be godly parents and also trying to help our kids to be men and women of faith. And do want to say this, brothers and sisters, the information I know at times can be a lot. And if you're, sometimes you can maybe get discouraged and thinking, wow, man, I had 25 things I need to work on, or there's six things that I'm not doing. That's understandable, but don't stay there. God is trying to introduce or renew your faith and convictions about parenting and be able to apply one principle and one practice a week and incorporate that into your lives. And you will see a phenomenal exponential amount of growth in your parenting. So we also, again, what we want to have happen here, and I'm going to be very clear about this, is we envision and want and desire for every single soul that is on here to become a trainer when it comes to parenting. And so this isn't just about you absorbing a few tips. This is about you being equipped for your family, but then also you are able to equip others, whether it be those who have yet to have kids like Gary and Alex, when they get to the stage, we want Brian and Taha Lapel to be able to do their own sit down foundations of godly parenting classes with them. We want the Lennoxes to be able to teach foundations of godly parenting on a larger scale and, and the list goes on. So again, brothers and sisters, this helps me when I understand that this is not only for me, but this is for me to pass on to the next generation of parents. So again, as you absorb these things, truly absorb them and let them become convictions that you can pass on to others. And again, our friends that we will reach out to who will become disciples of Jesus, when they come into the kingdom of God, they will have a plethora of resources when it comes to being godly parents. So amen to that. All right, so want to remind us of a couple things. It's always good to remind us of who we are, what we're doing, and where what we've already learned. And so we are going to uh, be reminded that as a church, we believe that if we have stronger families, we will have a stronger church. We value families. It's one of our fab five core values, discipleship, family, evangelism, service, and fun. And family, we're talking about Yes, godly families, our nuclear families, and also the spiritual family at large. We have talked about a couple of things so far. We said we were going to talk about perspective, principles, and practices. And so our first session, again, we talked about the perspective we need to have is that parenting is more about God and your spiritual formation. And when we have that bigger, larger perspective, that helps us to brave through the challenges and enables us to, again, handle situations that come with us in a godly way so that we can see this is spiritually forming me. And again, this is producing glory and good for God. 
Then we talked about practices and principles last week, some with Bruce and Robin Williams. And what a treasure that is to still have Bruce and Robin Williams, isn't it? We have to take full advantage, brothers and sisters. They're going to be uh, moving pretty soon. And so we want to take it full advantage of the wisdom and experience that they have. So anyhow, they talked about the 10 keys to successful parenting. All of these things are on our Stronger Family, Stronger Church podcast site. And so you can go there to hear or share these audio versions there. And I believe also on our OC Church of Christ YouTube page, we have the videos as well. And so let's go ahead and have a word of prayer again, and then we will move forward in our time. And we're going to hit on some more principles and practices today. So let's go ahead and let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you so much. I really am excited uh, about tonight. I pray, Lord, that uh, you will speak, that you will communicate. Again, Lord, that, you know, we've been praying for that. I remember Kevin Maine's prayer, that Orange County would be a beacon of light when it comes to marriages and families. And Lord, I know that the people that can be the answer to that prayer or, or realize that vi vision are right here on the Zoom call. And Lord, I pray that again, we take your principles. We understand the tried and true practices. And Father, we have your perspective and that God, you will enable us to become more like Christ and then to help our children to become men and women who themselves pass down the faith to their kids. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's continue. First, we're going to be talking about training, training our kids, the what's and the how's in several areas. We, as we said in our first session, there's no way we can hit on everything during our four-week class series, but we want to give you the foundational elements and pieces that will help you have success. So again, we're gonna be talking about several areas in which we are called to train our kids and hopefully be able to provide not only the what's, but the how's, because the how's are just as important as the what's. Let's go ahead and let's continue. Remember this, godly parenting involves training. We know from scripture in Proverbs 22, verse six, Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. Also in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, after talking about men and women roles in the home as husband and wife, it goes on and then talking about the kids and their roles in, in response to being in a godly home. It says here in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, and again, this is applicable to mothers as well. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So again, we have clear passages. We could look at more, but we just want to look at these two right now. We are called to train our children. And we're not training them solely to have good manners. We're not training them just to be good people. Now, they will have good manners. They will be responsible if we train and instill godly characteristics and godly principles in our families. 
And so again, this is important again with this idea of about perspective that as we're training, we're not trying to train simply good law abiding citizens. What we are trying to do according to the command and direction and vision of God is to train them in the ways of God, in the ways of the faith so that they can one day make their own decision to become men and women of faith and again, the faith will pass its way down. So now, what areas and how do we do this? What areas and how do we do this? So we're going to look at several areas tonight. And again, I want to share this. Here is a principle and practice that is we're going to mention. I'm going to mention at each level because it applies to each level. And here's what it is. Model, explain, invite, and include. Model, explain, invite, and include. This is the principle of training. What do we mean by this? Well, first, we need to model for them in these areas in which we're talking about. We model. It's our lifestyle based on our relationship with God and based on our convictions about the word of God. So we model this. So we're not doing this just to be an example but our lifestyles are supposed to model everything that we are trying to train and instill. Now, as we model, it is vital that we explain what we're doing, the whys, and explain the hows. Again, as I model these things, I explain them to my kids, no matter what the age is, at an age-appropriate level, and I explain to them what's why and how. And then we invite and or include them to participate. So we model, we explain, and then we invite and include them to participate with us. And again, this will look different in some areas, but the same principles will be applied. The practices will still be applied, but it'll look a little different for your 17-year-old than it does for your seven-year-old, but we model, explain, and invite, and include. All right, so let's go ahead and, oh, oh, this is important here as well, that this is different than just commanding our kids to do godly things. When we model, explain, and then invite and include them, that's a total different process than you need to do this. Hey, you need to do your chores. You need to clean up your room. Yes, but when it comes to these areas of godly training, they can't be commanded and expect that seed is gonna take root and blossom. So we have to distinguish between commanding and this process of modeling, explaining, inviting, and including. So area number one, teach them the word of God. Area number one, again, you wanna model this, explain and invite and include. And so what do we mean here? Simply, we want to make sure we're actually reading the word of God with them. But here's the key, discussion afterwards. We read the word of God and it starts from infants. I know we have some that have infants in here all the way up to grown adult children. We read with them and then we have discussion afterwards. And this is where the training comes in. Ask the question, what did we learn from this? How does this apply to my life right now? And then what can I do? Okay, we learned that Moses led God's people out of Egypt. Well, how does that apply to my life? 
well, maybe I need to follow the leaders in, in, in the church. So what do I do? You know what? I'm going to uh, set up a time to hang out with John or whatever the case may be, right? And so we help them as we teach them the word of God. We teach them also how to understand and funnel its way down to its inaction, not a theory, not something that we like with our heart or like with our social media posts and clicks, but something that funnels its way down to practical, actual living. And so as you ask these questions to your kids, you answer the questions for you as, as well. You share with them. Here's what I take from it. Here's how it applies to me. Here's what I think I'm going to do today. Yeah, I think this actually uh, is a good example of when we talk about modeling, that it's not just a command. We don't want to tell our kids, hey, have your quiet time or hey, read your Bible because that's not inspiring. But I think if we can teach them to love the word, if we can teach them that how interesting and fascinating the word is, that's going to have a better return. And I think of Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And I think getting them to see that, to see, wow, how sweet and how good the Bible is. And, and there's there are a number of ways that we, when they're younger, it's finding those interesting Bibles or devotional books, but it's also just day to day finding how the Bible is relevant in our lives and including the, the teachings of the Bible in our life or giving them a little taste of something, you know, oh yeah, did you know that? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a story you, you, you'll want to read in the Bible. And then as they get older, still finding what's relevant to them, what are the things that are, that they're interested in and how does that apply? How does the Bible apply to those situations, whether it's social issues, whether whatever it is, help them to get engaged in the Bible. And that means that we have to be engaged. That means us finding things that are interesting and being excited about the Bible so that we can pass that on. And I think a number of, yeah, find different resources. I know one of the things that I, this is a practical here. I found this book at the library. It's called the ultimate character guide, ultimate character guide of the Bible. And it's all these, it has all these different characters. And so it's not, you know, it'll reference the scriptures, but it's been fascinating because we'll read about a character and then the kids will be like, wait, what happened? Like, what, you know, did that really happen? And then though it'll inspire them to want to learn the actual Bible story. So I think this is a great example of, we don't just want to tell them that they need to read their Bible because that doesn't, that's not, that doesn't inspire us most of the time. We usually have to find something that's going, going to motivate us. So find those things that will motivate them, that will help them to see that the Bible is relevant. And that will happen at any age. Another key is not only teaching them God's word, teach them about God's word. And what do I mean by that is that our, our man, if you grow up in a church, you should have an amount, crazy amount of wisdom that you receive from the scriptures, but knowledge, simple knowledge about God's word. I mean, how many authors are there? How many languages? What continents? All these facts about the Bible. We need to teach them the word of God. And so back in the day, the Hebrews, they took the word of God so seriously that at 10 years old, and most of us know this, the kids were supposed to have memorized the whole Torah. That's the first five books of the Bible. 
You say, man, that's hard. Well, that means they did a whole lot of teaching, right? Probably a whole lot of fun ways to remember numbers. I don't know about you, but numbers is hard to remember. So you can see these things being applied there, but it's so huge in, in practical ways. You can make Bible trivia. Who are the patriarchs? Who's the father of faith? How many Beatitudes are there? And you go ahead and, and you do these type of things. But these are the questions, not just certain Bible stories, but things about the Bible so that they understand the wider story. And then as they read it on their own, they'll understand context even more. Our, our kids, whether they're in high school, whatever, should have a greater knowledge than most of their friends, if not all, about the word of God. But again, where does it start with? Modeling, explaining and then inviting and including them in this. And so we teach them also how to have quiet times. And so again, telling somebody, hey, have a quiet time, doesn't mean that they know how. They can read it and then be lost or discouraged and feel like, why do I wanna read this? But sitting down and teaching the house. And here's the key, show them how to take notes on what they learned. Okay, here's what, we, here's what we read today. Here are the notes that I took. Here's how it applies to me. Here's what I'm going to do. Again, same with read with them and discuss afterwards. You show them this process, but you model it. And again, if this has not been your process, then this is good learning for you right now to apply this. Okay, what does God's word say? How does it apply to my life? What does he want me to do today with this? And so again, these are very principles and simple practices that are essential for us to teach and train them in the word of God. We want to spend a lot of time on that because we have a strong conviction about this. And, and also we've been convicted about this ourselves as we always felt like we did a, a decent job, but recently we felt like, wow, we need to rev it up in our teaching. And so now we, we're at a point here where dinners is full of some fun uh, 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 trivia uh, uh, about things in the scriptures. And now they're learning things. Wait, what happened? Wait, wait, wait. That's crazy. Moses didn't get a chance to see the promised land. I know. And then Karina had this cool thing about buying a horse. But, you know, one of our kids wants to buy a horse. So anyhow, I won't get into all that. But the thing is, it's incorporated, not just for the official time of reading the Bible. We're teaching them always the word of God during dinners on the way. And we see something. We're consistently teaching the word of God. Next thing, teach them to pray. Before that, I was just going to add that this also makes it so that the Bible isn't just for discipline. Don't just use the Bible just to correct or to discipline. The Bible is so much more than that. And hopefully this helps us help our kids see that, that the Bible isn't just a correcting and it's not just rules, uh, but there is a story behind all of it. So, and along with that, I think the same idea of prayer, and I think this is one that is, is challenging for me because it's, it depends. And obviously it varies through the, through, you know, their ages and, and what's appropriate, but it's remembering throughout the day. It's not just, okay, once at night, but it's thinking about this as a lifestyle that, okay, we are, it's okay to pray when we're in the car. It's okay to pray at different times of the day that it's not just once at night or once in the morning. And so I think developing that, but that means us remembering ourselves that we need to pray and then inviting them with us. I really appreciate Marcel goes on uh, prayer walks every morning and takes Dominique with him. So he hears, 
him praying. And then, you know, I think when they come back, I think, or toward the end, Dominique has a turn to pray. But I think it's them even being able to observe us praying. I think as the kids get older, when they're teenagers, having a time where you pray together and not losing that as something normal. I think sometimes we can, as they get older, it gets awkward to do spiritual things, whether it be to read the Bible or pray, or you kind of feel like that becomes them and their team leader or they, ha- but I think really making sure that we don't lose that connection, that spiritual connection, uh, and really in having a time where if you pray together or when they're having a hard time, inviting them to pray. And even if they don't want to, even if they're not, you know, at a point where they are, are spiritually ready to, to go there with you, even just asking them, is it okay for me to pray for you? And that way they're at least seeing, and again, you're inviting them to join you. And so really helping them see the different opportunities. I think my other thought is not taking anything too seriously. I think especially when they're younger, allowing, I, my personal thought is I'm okay with allowing them to be free or pray silly things or not always be on their knees or pray in a certain position because I want them to understand that it's a conversation with God. And as we, as they get older, we'll develop more of that. But I think just being okay with them learning how to pray. And I think lastly, just making the most of every opportunity, wherever you are and allowing that to, to be something that is on your mind is every opportunity I have, we can incorporate prayer into our lives. Again, model, explain, invite and include, right? And so also teach how to worship. We're not going to spend time on this right now. I'm just going to encourage you to listen to the short nine minute episode on Stronger Family, Stronger Church podcast. But this is important here that we teach them how to worship. Who taught your kids how to brush their teeth? Who taught them how to tie their shoes, how to ride a bike? Hopefully one of you or you looking at yourself saying it was me. Uh, Hopefully you can say, well, it was the babysitter or it was my cousin who used to come over or it was a neighbor. Like it should have been you. And this is important that we take responsibility for teaching our kids how to worship God in the homes, and then also when you come to corporate worship, when we have our worship services. So again, go ahead into the Stronger Family, Stronger Church podcast to check out that one. But again, model, explain, invite, and include. Another one here, teach how to share their faith, how to share your faith. Again, we model, we explain, and we invite and include. You know, this is the the what's, the why's, and the how's when when it comes to teaching our kids how to share their faith. You know, they should see us sharing our faith. So whenever we get to a point, and you're not going to be talking about this at three or five years old, right? But whenever we get to the point of teaching them how to share their faith, they would have already seen a lifestyle and culture of us sharing our faith. So again, we have to model, explain, and include or invite them. And so when they see you sharing your faith with your the waiter, the waitress, your neighbors, having people over, having Bible studies, on your way to Bible studies, it won't be a surprise when you start to be able to be involved in their lives and training them on how to share their faith. But again, you it always come down to explaining the why. Our kids at an early age, and we learn this from all the other couples, 
we're big on explaining the whys. You can't just explain the what's, but you have to explain the whys. And so we try to take advantage always of why we share our faith. Why do we invite that person to church? Why are we going to a Bible study? Why are they coming to our house uh, for dinner and we're involved in having these talks uh, afterwards? We try to share with them why we do this, not because we're in the full-time ministry, but because of what God has done in our lives. And, and we want to help these people be able to have the same treasures that we enjoy as well. And so again, now we're getting to a point here again, where you're, you're training your kids on how to share their faith. Because again, this should come from mom and dad. Uh, this shouldn't come from their teen leader or, or from the minister. This comes from seeing mom and dad model it, explain it, and then invite and include them into the process. And so a couple things here in which you can do. And again, it varies at the different ages and where they're at spiritually. Okay. So remember this, where they're at spiritually. But a, a thing that you want to do is ask them if they want to invite a friend. Hey, in May, we're going to start having our friends and family nights. We're so excited. Hey, Johnny, is there someone that you want to invite? Now, if Johnny says, no, you shouldn't be discouraged. But this now you should be inquisitive. This is a great opportunity for a conversation. Oh, interesting. Okay, help me understand. So that they can say, man, the friends and family night stink. Oh, okay, well, maybe we need to do something, right? Or, you know what, I'm afraid to ask my friends. Oh, I can relate. And then you engage in conversation. Again, you're not telling them, go invite your friends, but you're asking them, hey, who is it that you want to invite over? Are there some friends and family that you want to have over for dinner? And then you you can have that conversation. But then also, if they say, all right, I want to invite Johnny over, walk them through it. Okay, man, that's really exciting. You want to invite Timmy over. Okay, so, so what's the plan? How are you going to do this? Man, can I be of help in any way? And then you help them walk through it. And then again, because they've already seen you, mom or dad, mom and or dad, they already know that this is the culture. This isn't brand spanking new. And they probably heard you invite other people to church. And so they would have seen that. And then if there are fears, you get a chance to talk through those fears, acknowledge those fears and share your own fears that you've had when it comes to sharing your faith. But again, always reminding them of the why. And what I like to do as well is share the positives about possible outcomes, especially as they're older in the high school years and they're thinking about inviting their friends to an event or their disciples and they want to reach out to their friends. Many times we think of all the negative possibilities. Hey, what about the positive possible? What if they said yes? How cool would that be if they became, they started coming to devotionals? How cool would that be? Now that's more positive and faithful thinking and allows them to do uh, what, what they want to do. And so lastly, if they do it and when they do it, encourage the snot out of them. Man, you shared your faith. Man, that is awesome. We're going to go get some ice cream right now, right? And you're not trying to use that as bait for them to share their faith, but you just want to really build up because especially as their kids and whatever age and, and wherever that spiritually, if they go and invite a friend to church, that is a victory. That is a huge victory. But then they also feel like, man, I'm doing what mom and dad do. It's not like they're doing something different, but they're doing what mom and dad do. You want anything with that? All right, let's go to the next one here. We're coming to a close here. Our last one, How we got to teach them how to give financially to God's purposes, right? We model, we explain, and we what? We invite and include them to participate. 
So as we model this, so that means we're financially giving to God's purposes. Again, these are foundational things. Then we explain, hey, we give. Why do we give? I mean, you know, God has blessed us with so much. This is why I want to give. And, and explaining these things. And the more and more throughout the years they understand, and the more inclined that that seed can take root and it becomes their own conviction something that they want to do based on their convictions off the word of God because you've taught it, but they've also seen it modeled in their homes. And so even with special missions coming up, it was a great opportunity for us to be able to train and teach how to give financially to God's purposes. I think a great idea, a great practical thing to do for these for this particular topic is to do a family devotional. Maybe it's around those seasons, around special missions, or or it's just out of the blue. You have a family devotional about giving to God. And when they're when they're younger, it, you can do creative different ideas. We did one where we had, I think it was like you you have the sugar. I think it's yeah, sugar, and you have a bowl of sugar, and you have a big bowl of sugar, and they have you give them some, and then you tell them, okay you can decide how much to give me. And then they give you like a spoonful or they give you two spoonfuls and then you give them back afterward, you know, two spoonfuls if they give you one or four, if they gave you two. And then you just talk about how God uh, gives us more uh, than what, you know, doubles are, are what we give to him. And so that's a fun little thing, but as they get older, even still talking about it and incorporating how, creative ways to have these conversations and what about they have a limited amount so how does that apply now that they're older just talking up through those things you know and it's important again that you model this i know for me my mom wasn't a disciple at the time growing up she became a disciple seven years after i did but one thing i saw and we didn't have a lot of money we, we were barely scraping by is she gave and that stood out to me that she was still giving to God and we would be blessed. I mean, we, I don't know how we would make it sometimes. I truly believe that faith that God blessed it, but she modeled it. And she explained just a tad because she didn't have the training that we're receiving today. But again, I was inspired by that. And so when it came to give, I wasn't, there wasn't a foreign concept and I wasn't stingy with it. I wanted to be generous, especially when I saw what Jesus did on the cross for me. Oh, I was so convinced that I wanted to be generous. So again, what we do, especially for special missions, we talk about, okay, all right, here's what we're going to give. Hey guys, we did this devotion. What are you going to give this year? And, and then they come up with, with their goals in mind. And sometimes we were a little surprised at how much they want to give. We're like, uh, you know, are you sure? But we didn't say that out loud, or maybe we did. We're like, okay, if that's what you want to give, hallelujah. And then they'd be fired up about it. But again, this applies at any stage, whether it's high school, college, or, or they're four years old. And then you encourage them. After you have a discussion about giving, you want to make sure you encourage, again, the snot out of them for their thinking and effort. Wow. I mean, we have a celebration. I think we go to uh, uh, Chick-fil-A. That's a big thing in our household. If we go to Chick-fil-A, it's, it's a celebration. And, and, and we celebrate, man, you guys gave to special missions today. Man, this is a party. This is awesome. And we encourage them because we want them to know that God is pleased with that type of heart. And they saw from the scriptures that this is what they should do. And so now we're helping reinforce this. I think along that note is sharing your victory stories, how God had provides, how God has provided in the past, how God is providing now, share those victory stories. 
And I think on a separate note, I just want to say that I think it's important that through all of this, I know this can feel maybe overwhelming or maybe feel like, how can I do that every day? Or, but I think, I think of Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I think just not giving up and starting somewhere. I think that's the biggest thing. Just start somewhere. And maybe, maybe you're a single parent. Maybe you, maybe your spouse isn't as involved spiritually, or maybe you're just going through a hard time yourself spiritually, or maybe it's just time is, is makes it challenging, but I think start somewhere and don't give up, but take one thing that you can apply every day and, or this today I can do this and, and then have grace. Maybe this day didn't work out, but I can start again tomorrow. And that's, that's okay. It, it's, I just have to start somewhere and not give up. Let's recap. Again, the principle and practice is to model, explain and invite them or include them in participating. You model it, you explain the who, what, where, when, why, and how of it, right? And then you invite and include them to participate as well. Again, it's not commanding. This is leading. This is leadership. And as the parents, mom or dad and or dad, you are leading your kids and training them to be a man or woman of God. Not to just be kind and considerate, but to one day become a man or woman of God. Areas that we mentioned, teach them the word of God, teach them to pray, teach them how to worship, teach them how to share their faith, and then teach them how to give financially to God's purposes. Want to give you some homework here, all right? So here's the homework from for the week. From our Foundations of Godly Parenting Packet, want you to go over your stage from parenting at every stage. And so as you look on there, there's a breakdown of things, principles, and stuff that you should be doing for whatever stage you're in with your kids, all the way uh, from babies and infants, all the way up to adults, adult children. So go over that this week here, and then do one of the 52 family devotionals. There's 52 of them. Pick one. Go ahead, close your eyes, put your finger there, and go ahead and pick one. Again, this is part of the training. This is a part of the godly perspective. These are the 10 keys to successful parenting. I want us to break up into some groups now and have some good discussion here. Here are the questions. What is the biggest thing the spirit brought to your attention today? What area in training is going well right now? And then lastly, what area will be the most challenging for you? So what is the biggest thing the spirit brought to your attention today? What area in training is going well right now? And what area will be the most challenging for you?